Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Real Live Talk. I'm so pumped that you're here. My name is Duke Lamastra, and I'm your host. My guest for today is Eric Scott. Eric is a pastor leading pastoral care and discipleship at Worship Center in Lancaster, PA. Eric and I go way back to when I was just a kid at Bible College at Elam Bible Institute and College, where at the time Eric was the dean of men and a professor and uh, just someone who had a really, really profound impact on my life and getting me to where I am today, really helping to develop the leadership gift that he saw in me when I couldn't see it in myself. Uh, Just a guy with an incredible just sensitivity before the Lord, an incredible heart for people, a pastoral heart for people. And there's so much value and so much wisdom imparted in this conversation. Eric shared about some of his past experiences, walking through tragedy, and the brilliance that God is able to bring out of our lives and reveal in our lives, even in the midst of difficult, perplexing, tragic situations. Because as Eric points out, God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't allow anything that we go through to be wasted So we talk about walking through tragedy and staying faithful to God in the midst of it, keeping a sensitive heart before the Lord, um, helping other people walk through tragedy. And we talk about some lighter things as well. It's not all heavy stuff, but we talk about um, how to listen and have good conversations with people and how to walk with people through life and coaching and mentoring and all of that kind of stuff. There's so much value here. I know you're going to get a ton out of this. If you do, if you Uh, are blessed in any way by this podcast, if you would consider liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, I'd be super appreciative. Thank you so much. Now, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Eric Scott. All right, Eric Scott. How you doing, sir? (laughs) Doing well, doing well. Good to see you again, Duke. I still remember you. Uh, I I didn't know we were going to be on video, so I was going to bring the picture in, but it would be you and uh, Costa Dare and um, Brad and I on top of a mountain in uh, in Vermont. And we were uh, up to my brother's cabin for a lead RA's retreat, and we were skiing. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's got to be my favorite memory from Elon. No kidding. Um, it's gotta be. That weekend with you guys was just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it is the place where I met my wife, so that's up there too, uh, for yes sure. Sir. Yes, sir. But, but uh but yeah that um I felt I felt like man, I I felt so cool that weekend that I was invite invited by by Eric Scott, brother Eric as we used to call you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's leave that one out. <laughs> how, how happy how happy were you to get to shed the brother Eric title? Really happy. but uh yeah no that was so much fun i i um i love i loved it so much i have so many fond memories of that do you remember when we got up there and we couldn't even get up the driveway because there was like feet of snow it was i I had a hard time finding the driveway to begin with and then i i looked around at you guys and i said you guys did bring boots right and (laughs) and brad's like "I, i i did i brought ski boots ski he puts, boots yeah he proceeds to put his ski boots on and he walked up that that had to be a half mile or so up that driveway to get up to the yeah. cabin i was laughing and then i think costa was pushing brad down half the time going up the driveway <laughs> so. yeah it was intense it was intense. look all i had all I, I was in the same boat all i had was my snowboard boots and those things yeah, are were so big and bulky yeah 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 you were the snowboarder that weekend i, I was the snowboarder yep. in the midst of you of yeah, you skier cool. people yeah 
it's yeah. true. What a great time that was, though. Eh? Man, what a beautiful cabin! And mm. um, yeah, I remember, I remember like fixing those like big breakfasts mm-hmm. and everything. Oh man, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. It was such a good time. Uh, but yeah, well, thank you so much, man. Thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this. I didn't know, I didn't realize how much I missed you and Cindy <laughs> until uh, just a few minutes ago when we were connecting on here, just a few minutes before the podcast and kind of catching up on the past and everything. Oh, and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm so excited, man, to to have you here. And it's just, it's just cool. It's been a long time for sure yeah, since we've yeah. talked like this face to face. And I just really appreciate you being here. And yeah, it's great to see you. Yeah, let's see where the conversation goes. Yeah, how is uh, how is Cindy, first of all, and the family? Cindy's doing great. Um, good grief. When when we were together back in the day, all of our kids would have been just finishing or in school, maybe still in high school, but they are all four married now. Uh, we have eight grandchildren, which is awesome. I, I got to do uh, so cool. I got to do my youngest daughter's um, marriage during COVID in uh, my son-in-law's parents' living room, uh, and so there was wow. uh, there were seven of us in the living room at the wedding. But we brought in his family uh, from China. My son-in-law is from China originally. He's um, came here when he was seven years old, and uh, brought in you know other ones. So it was great. Wow, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, so, well, look, I want, I wanted to say before, before we kind of jump into anything else, mm-hmm. just kind of sincerely from my heart is going to be my, my sappy moment, but I did, <laughs> let me see, we got disconnected. Here we go. I, I was catching know. a little bit of echo, but now I'm not. So that's good. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, no, I did just want to say like, um, my time at Elam that I got to spend with you, it was really, it was really profound. I mean, you're just, you're someone who's had a really profound impact on my life. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of other people, um, that have come through Elam and come through your ministry in the past that I'm sure could say, well, I know people that could say the same thing, mm-hmm. but you were like the first person in my life, um, really to start pulling leadership out of me. Um, I had some, I grew up. I grew up as a, a Christian and I had good pastors all my life and, and good influences in, in my life and all of that. Um, but you were the first person who really that I can you know point to that in a really practical way started pulling leadership out of me. And there was this thing in my mind when I was at Bible college. I don't know if you ever caught on to this or not, but I used to just really like beat myself up a lot. And I used to, you know, really feel like I was disappointing like i was disappointing mm-hmm. people like mm-hmm. i was disappointing my friend and, and and there was just always i always kind of walked around with this sort of you know just self-imposed pressure to be a certain way to perform perform a certain way and there were times when i would walk into your office and i would just have a conversation with you and you know i would come in and i would tell you about something that was going on i don't know if you remember any of these circumstances or not specifically but like i would tell you about something that was going on and i would just be ready for like all right brother Eric or excuse me Eric he's 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 going to let he's going to let me have it you know he's going to tell me that I'm wrong and that I'm messed up and like every time you would just say something that wasn't that at all it was like the opposite and it would just set me free and I would just leave just feeling lighter and feeling empowered and feeling like you know like I mattered and um 
it, it was just it was just so huge for me early on, you know, in those mm. years at Bible college and really sort of like the beginning stages of of preparing for ministry and walking into ministry. And you gave me opportunities to to minister on campus as yeah. like the, you know, the head RA and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And you did a great job. So I just want to say I really appreciate, you know, just everything that you imparted into me, you and Cindy, what you imparted into me and my wife and and all of that. It was like really huge. For, you're, for you're so you're so welcome duke i mean it was really a privilege of ours to um yeah serve you guys you know a privilege yeah. absolutely you know I, it, one of the thought, things you you might remember this from ra training but we one of the things we really wanted to get across to you guys was um never to freeze frame anyone mm. and look to the distance in a person's life because whatever is going on right now isn't who they are in particular. Uh, so we don't want to freeze frame a person there. Uh, particularly, we don't want to freeze frame a person in an incident that occurs, you know. And so, you know, you, you may have come into my office different times feeling maybe ashamed over something or a poor decision that you made or whatever. But the thing yeah. was is that you were just becoming, that's all. And, and so what do you need in a moment like that? You don't need to be shamed. That, that's that's mm. just ridiculous. What you need is you need encouragement. And, um, and, and maybe I, I don't know, maybe I helped you with a, a new thought or two to, to kind of think around that situation. But, but um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was Cindy and I's privilege to serve as deans at, at Elam. It, we you know, we both graduated from Elam. We met at Elam uh, in 1981. She, after getting out of YWAM, me after getting out of four years uh, in the Air Force. And, um, you know, I got saved while I was in Germany uh, two years. Well, yeah, I guess about two years prior to coming to Elam, you know. And, and wow. Elam was a place where, uh, you know, we just, I just cut my teeth basically spiritually. So, Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Can you actually tell me, because I don't really know the story, um, could you oh. tell me about, just like a little bit about how you got saved? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I love actually that you didn't send me any questions. You gave me no prep for this interview. And yeah. actually, that's kind of the way I like to roll anyway. So well done, sir. Um, you know what? I enjoy this sort of pressure of that in a, <laughs> in a certain way. And I, I just, uh, yeah, I like the yeah. conversational, you know, yeah. element no, of this. So I'm glad, I'm glad you yeah. appreciate it too. Yeah, <laughs> Not everybody yeah. does, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, it, it probably goes back to, um, you know, I was raised in a, in a, a home. My dad was an alcoholic. I mentioned to you prior to the mm -hmm. interview, actually being sent to live with my granny and granddad in Trinidad, just a, a little island off of Venezuela. For a little over a year, my dad uh, is a fifth generation Trinidadian, and uh, so you, you would have thought at that point that I would have maybe begun to see the dangers of uh, alcohol abuse, you know, things like that. But it, it didn't. <laughs> um, I actually started using alcohol in the fifth grade, and and the amazing wow. feelings that it gave me um, were immediately addicting in a lot of ways. Started to use drugs in the eighth grade, and then that wow. escalated. And and I and my dad and I did not get along well, so there was a lot of issues going on there. 
there's seven kids in our family and pretty much all of them worked for my dad's uh, company. My dad was a, a, a businessman. He owned a construction company that built bridges and dams. He's a he was an engineer. One of his uncles actually sent him to Notre Dame to get his uh, civil engineering degree and paid his whole way mm. through. And wow. but he was he was a pretty exacting man. Uh, we we were resolved later in life. That's another story in a really beautiful way. Hmm. Uh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize you hit the emotional cords, but anyway, there you go. Um, yeah, so so that was a little bit of my background heading into, by the time I graduated from high school at, at the age of 17, I was like, hey, I'm going to be an independent. I don't need my father's help. I don't need anybody's mm -hmm. help. I'm on my, okay. I can make it on my own. So I, um, I enrolled, uh, I signed up to go to the Air Force, into the Air Force when I was 17, uh, and uh, off I went to basic training in uh, Lackland, Texas, uh, in, in Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. And then uh, they immediately sent me to Germany. Mm. And uh, while I was in Germany, all of a sudden I was exposed to um, just uh, a, a lot more drugs, a lot more alcohol, and uh, and things got really out of control to the point where I was arrested for drug possession at one point. Thankfully, well, I wasn't thrown out of the military, but um, you would have thought that that would have um, stopped my using. Uh, it didn't have, it didn't stop it at all, maybe for a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it was probably about uh, really just a week or two later that um, – uh, I started using early in the morning. It escalated throughout the day uh, and culminated in uh, two uh, airmen, guys on base, finding me uh, dying of a drug, drug overdose at 3 o'clock in the morning on a sidewalk. I was passed out. They found me there. They saved my life that, that night, that morning, that early morning. They, I was basically choking on my own vomit and... Uh, uh, in a really bad place, and they um, they saved my life that night. I, I remember waking up in their dormitory room the next morning with these two guys looking over me. I was like, "Who are you? And how did I get here?" And uh, they they uh, they explained to me how they found me. And so um, eternally grateful to those guys. I have no idea who they are to this day, uh, but um, it was just uh, probably within a week or two after that that the gospel was introduced to me. And I gave my life to Christ uh, September 29th, 1979 in uh, Kaiserslautern, Germany at the Christian Servicemen Center. And uh, my first pastor, Doug Elliott, led me to the Lord, baptized me in November, I think that year. And uh, it was, uh, yeah. And then my son, uh, he went into the Air Force as well. He's a major now. He's an officer. I think he's got 14 years in. He's stationed down in D.C. now. But um, when he was stationed in Germany, I went over to see him in Germany. And um, he, we put together what we ended up calling the Redemption Tour. And I got to stand very near the spot where I nearly died. And wow. Proclaim Jesus my victor. Wow. Come on. Yeah, it was awesome. And believe it or not, my um, original pastor, Doug Elliott, was still in country serving and leading servicemen to Christ, uh, now in Stuttgart. 
And my daughter-in-law, who's very sneaky, uh, set up a meeting um, with me and him. We, we were driving to Oberammergau for a, just, you know, to visit that town, that village. We stopped into a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, uh, and um, I said, come on, son, what are we doing here? In Kentucky Fried Chicken, there's a lot better All restaurant. the way to Germany for Kentucky yeah, 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 Fried Chicken. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, no, Dad, you'll really love this, uh, this particular Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, we walked in there, and my, um, my original pastor, I'm, I'm actually looking for the picture right now. I don't know if I'll find it or not. But my original pastor uh, met me at the door. He said, uh, you're Eric Scott. And I said, and you are Doug Elliott. <laughs> Come on. It was it was forty years later, my brother. Oh man, forty years later, and that is so uh, awesome. And here I am. If I find the picture, I'll uh, I'll show it to you. But it it was just powerful, man. Oh wow. Dear. Anyway, so so did you get? Oh man, that's so cool. Did did, did you get saved? Like. Were you led to the Lord? Was it in a church service or? It was like a you... Christian movie, you know, where at the end of the movie they gave like an altar call. You know how those things uh -huh. go. Yeah. And, um, but it was, uh, yeah, um, I, I went up and and gave my, uh, here it is. Here, I'll just, um, I don't know if you can see this or not. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, right that? there. That's perfect right there. Yeah. Yep, I see it. That's, that's my pastor. So that's him saying, you're Eric Scott. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, he literally said, you're Very cool. Eric Scott. It was such a moment, man. I'll never forget it. Wow. Well, hats off to your daughter for, oh, yeah. for Laura setting that up. Amazing. That's so person. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You remember man. Laura, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so did you get... Were you invited to church or did you just... How did you end up there? To Yeah. Um, first of all. Well, there was uh, another guy on base who had also gotten busted for possession, and I knew he had come to know the Lord, and so he befriended me. And all all the guys that I used to use with, they they were like rats off a ship, you know. They didn't want anything to do with me because to associate with me was to implicate them as users as well. And so, of course, um, in the military, you're in a whole different world. You get the, the security police are watching everything. You know, you're definitely under Big Brother's watch, so to speak. And so, yeah, so they didn't want anything to do with me, which was great, actually, because I desperately needed to change my people, places and things, you know. And so, wow. yeah, so um, I, I immediately got into a new apartment in Germany my friendships changed overnight. You know, they, yeah, they invited me to a service and I, you know, I came to know the Lord. They, and then as it turns out, the, there was a, actually a bunkhouse underneath the chapel where they had their services. So I would actually hitchhike to Kaiserslautern, which was about 80 K away from my base. And uh, I'd spend the whole weekend there they, and they disciple me, mm. you know, it was, wow. it was like, yeah, I, it was awesome. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. How big a deal is that, man? Like, this is an understated question, but kind of going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning and even what you and I were talking about off air before we started here mm -hmm. uh, of, you know, having relationships in your life where people are walking with you, kind of people that you can do life with. You know, you said a second ago that 
you needed to change your environment because, mm -hmm. you know, that was that these people, they they had a, I guess, a wrong motive, maybe even mm -hmm. in it or to an extent that they wanted to disassociate with you. But that was the best thing mm -hmm. for you at that time that, you know, maybe you didn't even realize, but that was the best thing in the world for you at that time, knowing like, all right, I got to I got to change up some relationships. I've got to change my environment. I've got to, mm -hmm. you know, get around people that are going to help me. They're going to help me grow. You know, we were talking about um, coaching and I, I want to get into that conversation a little bit with you. As we were talking, one of the things that came to my mind, um, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Babe Ruth with like his his upbringing and the the first like few years of his life were mm -hmm. were pretty pretty rough pretty dark he had mm -hmm. um he had seven he was one of seven oh man um brothers I'll, and sisters i'm gonna have to read about him i love sports nonfiction. yeah ah. and uh so here's my understanding anyway i'm not an expert but here's my understanding um five out of the seven um all passed away oh, um and i don't know if some of it was like at birth i'm, I'm not sure uh, all yeah, the circumstances yeah. But um, he was a very, you know, just very at very young ages, like when he was like seven, just very mm -hmm. problematic, always getting in trouble. I guess they lived in a very, you know, rough area there, you know, dangerous streets and stuff like that. They think I don't even think it was a thing at the time. But now looking back, they think he had ADHD or whatever. But but he was just like a sort of a problematic sure. kid. And so, you know, his his life was not really on a good trajectory from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But and and his, what happened was his parents, because they had a hard time dealing with him, they actually sent him away to like a Catholic uh, boarding school type of a situation. Mm. And okay. there he met a guy by the name of Brother Matthias, who uh -huh. really became like a coach in his life. He started teaching him how to play baseball and really just kind of took wow. him under his wing yeah. and showed him that support. And like when he got older, he would look back to that and he would say, like, he's the reason why I'm in, you know, why I've been successful, you know, mm -hmm. in baseball. Like he's the he's the person that came alongside me. And it's amazing what one person in oh, your man. life could do yeah, yeah. to totally just change the trajectory of your life. So um, I guess what I'm asking is, like, how big of a deal? Well, obviously, it was a big deal for you. Mm -hmm. um, maybe just share like your thoughts on that a little bit, like how big of a deal it is to have a mentor in your life or even just people that you're doing life with that mm -hmm. can help you, you know, grow and, um, you know, create a, a healthier environment for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huge. Uh, you know, a, these were people who were not having a transactional relationship with me. They were having a transformational relationship with me, which is a, like a huge difference between those two things. Huge. The transactional relationship is like, um, you know, I'm your pastor and I'm supposed to help you grow in Christ, you know, or I'm, you know, whatever. And, and, and yeah. you know, like that, that just, you know, people have antenna for that. You know, you can pick up on that right away. If, if somebody feels obligated to be with me, I don't really want to be with them because I, I don't, I don't want that spirit, you know? Uh, so there's, so, so people who intentionally spent time with me and were intentionally present with me, you know, like, like in nowadays it would be like, I, I take my cell phone and I flip it over. I'm not, I'm not looking at it. I'm not picking my cell phone up. Uh, I got to catch the latest text that came in or whatever. No, I'm with you right now because mm -hmm. you're important, you know? 
And so, uh, and, and, and as a matter of fact, that's exactly where my cell phone is right now. It's turned over. It's off to the side. Um, I am with you right now. And I, I realize Love I'm it. probably with other people right now. That's fine. But, <laughs> but primarily I'm with you, you know? Yeah. And so there were people like Doug Elliott. I, I remember specifically one time I was sitting there uh, reading Romans for the first time. And I happened to be on Romans chapter six. And uh, here's Doug Elliott, my first pastor, just walking by. He said, what, what you reading there? And I said, well, I'm reading this thing. I don't really know what it means. And it had to do with baptism, you know. And I was like, I, I was baptized as an infant, you know. I'm a good Catholic boy. I went to 12 years of Catholic schooling, five years of the Jesuits, mm. you know, all that. And uh, he says, well, let me let me just explain that to you. It was, it was almost, you know, like the old story of Philip coming alongside the eunuch in Acts. It was just like that. But he, the point I'm trying to make is he was fully present. He was like, mm. he like, he like tuned in to my moment you know and then i literally was baptized the following sunday it was that quick i mean it was just like you know it was like he understood what a kairos moment was you know Hmm. and i I think that's really important for us as as disciples and disciplers to understand the moment that we're in and um and to uh you know suck the marrow out of it so to speak you know wow yeah yeah, that's huge. I, I'm uh, that's something that I I'll be honest with you, that's something that I struggle with. Um, I, sh- I I'm trying to get better at that in my life of like being present in the moment with whoever's mm-hmm. in front of me, with whoever that I'm with. Um, I just I can get really distracted in my mind by stuff. You know, I think that I think that this is something that happens to a lot of people. Like we're we're in one place, maybe we're we're with our family. But then we're thinking about the stuff that, you know, that we're not doing on our job or in our yep. ministry or it's, something like it's that. It's so and then, common, yeah. Yeah, being present, like you said, and in the moment where I you think, are. You know, for your stage of life, because you're in that stage of life, and it's a good stage of life. There's no problem with it, right? But if you're in that stage of life where you're taking your mountains, you know, you're going after things. You're going to be planting a church now in the Houston area. It's like wow, that's awesome, you know, uh, but it's also very distracting, you know, um, right. it is, you know, and so your your mind is, you know, kind of going in a, in a lot of ways. However, I, I would just highly encourage you, even at this stage of life, to, um, to become mindful of the moments that you're in, for one thing, and, uh, and, and understand mm-hmm. that there's this triangular conversation going on all the time. It's, who you're with, who you're trying to serve in the moment, there's the Holy Spirit, and then there's you, and you're and you're wanting to to you know build that divine connection so so something something of the kingdom can occur right in that conversation. Uh, and um, I, I we just Cindy and I just finished a wonderful book by Greg McEwen. It's not necessarily uh, Christian per se. But it's it's uh, really good in terms of what we're talking about right now. It's, it, the book's called mm-hmm. Essentialism, and he wrote okay. another book called Effortless. But uh, you know, good, good, good tomes on on the, on the idea of of understanding what's most important now. What what's yeah? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. What say the name of the author again? Greg McEwen. 
Okay, Greg McHugh. Yeah, and there's a very good, um, very good interview that he does with Carrie Newhoff. Are you familiar with Carrie oh, Newhoff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So Carrie, I listen to Carrie weekly. I mean, I, I, he has been very, very helpful to me. And in fact, the interview he just did with John Mark Comer is, um, I'm listening to it again this morning on my bike ride and just sent it out to all my ministry leaders here at Worship Center because I, I just feel like it's a real valuable interview. It's a long play. You know, he does long form interviews, but it's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love those for real. Um, have you ever read a book called, uh, it's called One Thing? That sounds like a really good book. <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't read it, but I, I love the idea of boiling mm-hmm. things down to their simplest form. Yeah, and, and that's all, that, that's that's all it is. It's a yeah. really it's a it's kind of a lengthy book, but it's but that's that's what it is. That's the heart mm-hmm. of it. It's okay. What's the most important thing that I can be doing? You know, kind of kind of going through the cycle. Like, what's the what's the one thing I need to do this month mm-hmm. in order to accomplish this goal? Then, mm-hmm. okay, what's the one thing I need to do this week to accomplish that? And then just going down to like the the day to the hour, you mm-hmm. know, of like what do I really need to be? And I think that that's a principle. You know, I think the the book is written I kind of from a business perspective and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's something that we can apply, you know, to anything as as a principle. Like, what's the most important thing that I need to be doing right now? Whether it's spending some time with the Lord or spending some time with mm. my kids, spending some time, you know, with this person that's in front of me. Um, I, I think that, I think that, and I have, I have, I kind of get into this type of conversation regularly because I talk, I, I talk to a lot of, you know, people that are in ministry mm-hmm. on this podcast. And I, I, I think that we can get so caught up with the stuff that we're doing you know, for God and mm-hmm. sort of like the, the the programmed kind of stuff and the stuff that we need to do in order to make the doing life with people possible that, mm-hmm. you know, we can be distract that stuff can become a distraction so that when we have opportunity for real ministry, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, so often real ministry, not that preaching and all that isn't real ministry, but, you know, so often like the real stuff that really matters that actually brings like lasting change into people's lives are those like face to face encounters with people, you know, grabbing a coffee with somebody, inviting somebody mm-hmm. over for dinner, like those things yeah. that I think we can very often neglect yeah. because we've yeah. got so much to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got so much to do that we'll we'll neglect the the one thing like that yeah, really yeah, matters, yeah. you know, in the life of this person. You know, it's an interesting mm-hmm. phrase in scripture is the, the simple phrase on the way. On the way, Jesus, on the way. Some of the most significant uh, conversations I've had have been on the way. I remember uh, uh, Brad uh, Kaler came to Elam a little bit early, so he was just kind of hanging around, and I think it was just his freshman year. And uh, we had just gotten back from a vacation on the lake, and I'd forgotten something up at the cabin. And I saw him kind of hanging around, and I said, Hey, Brad, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, I just kind of got here early. I said, Well, hey, jump in the car. I got to run back to this lake house and pick up something I forgot. We can just talk. And that led to a lot of things, you know, and he yeah. ended up becoming a lead RA like yourself. And he's actually a lead pastor now up in, um, up in Rochester and Brockport. So, I mean, it's been so, yeah. I love watching you guys grow, by the way. It's like far none, <laughs> the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, isn't that not that's 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 my favorite thing of ministry is, you know, 
just seeing somebody that that you've had an opportunity to just speak into their life, pour mm-hmm. into their life and to see them advancing, you know, in whatever it might, whether it's ministry or, you know, or something else, you know what I mean? Sure, as far sure, as a career yeah, yeah, or I whatever, mean, but to just see growth yeah. in their life. Yep. Um, it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Yeah. That whole thing about just letting someone into your life, letting somebody into your world and letting them be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so kingdom. It's so, representative of what jesus did like you Mm -hmm. said on the way to yeah and just kind of being thronged by the crowds but you know looking up hey zacchaeus come down i'm gonna eat in your house just stuff like that man just like getting involved in people's lives yeah i mean jesus was so busy he could have been he just he could have never run out of things to do in ministry Mm -hmm. but it was like i'm gonna go to your house today yeah i'm gonna be with you because it matters and i think it's 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 important to also note whose houses he didn't go into <laughs> seriously yeah you know i yeah. mean I, I, there there's uh, henry cloud says there's three people in the world there's there's uh wise people and there's foolish people and there's evil people and for the evil people he says guns and lawyers that's a little dramatic but you know the, the thing is we need to be careful there there's a there's a uh, as my wife says a pendulum to things there's people you want to you want to you know the Holy Spirit saying, bring them into your life, include them, and, and disciple them or, or, or whatever, be mentored by them. Uh, but there are other people, you know, that I've had to be careful with, even people who mm. I thought were leaders. You know, I, I had to actually put a restraining order on one individual at one point because he wow. just became a very dangerous individual, you know. So yeah. Um, so I, I guess I just want to provide a little bit of balance there too. It's sure, not like sure. a, it's not like a blank check, you know. We we need to we need to <laughs> steward our time and 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 our, and our energy really well. You know, it's important. Yeah, for sure. I, I've definitely had people in my life where either I I knew I couldn't trust them or I didn't know if I could trust them, and so. Like, I'll come to you. I'll come to your house rather than bring you into my house. I don't know if I want you to know where I live just yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's let's see where this goes first. Um, yeah, I definitely, think, I definitely think that there's balance to that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and also just kind of with everything, just being led by the spirit, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't invite everybody into your life, but kind of being aware, like those little like Holy Spirit nudges, you know, just being mm-hmm. aware of what he's doing and what he's breathing upon and, you know, who he's calling you to, you know, speak, who, whose life he's calling you to speak into right now for the season that you're in and yeah, that's stuff good. like that, you know, yeah, that that's all key. I love a little phrase my pastor has. He says, you have what you need for the season you're in. That's great. That That is an encouraging thought to me. In fact, I, I write it on my whiteboard uh, because I had just a lot of challenges this year d- d- between COVID and covering for some other ministry right. ministers who were on sabbatical and so forth. And I just wrote to myself, Eric, you have what you need for this season. It's, That's it's been encouraging. I'm just leaving that up there for a while. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it on my whiteboard over here too. <laughs> because... Go. Because, yeah, you know, and, and I think we can get unbalanced. I know I can I like get un- out of balance with stuff and try to go beyond the season that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then when stuff's not working, it's like, well, why is this not working? OK, well, maybe I need to recognize like this isn't what God is doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah. So again, coming back to those things that matter and the priorities, you know? Yeah. So what are you, we haven't talked about this yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us just a little bit about um, what, what you're doing now in uh, up there in Lancaster, PA. Yeah. Lancaster, PA. So we're at a church called worship center started 44 years ago by a formerly Amish uh, man named Sam Smucker. He's in a very large family. I don't even know how many kids, but it was over 12, I'm pretty sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, uh, he came to know the Lord and uh, went to school at Rama. And uh, one of the, yeah, one of the individuals here in Lancaster, a uh, gentleman by the name of Mel Hurst, and there were some others involved too, uh, called him up while he was in Bible school and asked him if he wouldn't consider pastoring a church here um, where people could freely worship. There, there just really wasn't, it was more like denominational type churches and worship at that time. And they okay. wanted to, they were, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit and wanting a more expressive sense of um, worship. And so he agreed to come back. I think it started in a motel room, you know, and uh, now we're on a, a large property that includes um, uh, a counseling center uh, that we don't, we don't, um, they're separate entities from the church, but they rent from us now a counseling okay. center called Upward Call, a horse therapy farm, actually. Oh, uh, so yeah, cool. It, it's really cool. Yeah. For um, people with uh, developmental um, things in the horses, bonding and all that. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, and then there's a high K through 12 school where the church used to meet. And then now the, the play, the property that were, that we built in 2010, um, which by God's grace is, uh, is a $20 million property that'll be paid off probably by the end of this year, which is really <laughs> exciting. We've got an wow, amazing, um, amazing, amazingly generous uh, mm. congregation. You're just beautiful people. And awesome. uh, yeah, so, but my responsibility here is the Karen discipleship pastor. So, um, I oversee a, a group of uh, what we call our pastoral care team, which is about 16, 17 uh, pastors. We all share the pastoral load, uh, pastor on call. We take a whole week where any kind of like walk-ins or any kind of issues that come up, that person's in charge uh, of handling that. Um, and, you know, it just involves a lot of different things, uh, pastoral care. Um, and then I yeah. uh, had the, um, they gave me the freedom to write a discipleship course that we call Faith Essentials. And um, I'll be doing, I think, my seventh or eighth, well, maybe more now, iteration of that starting this Sunday. And I've got a full classroom uh, bulging out of the classroom, actually, starting this wow. Sunday. And then we filmed it just recently as well. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but um, and, and this last week in Wisconsin, I was able to share uh, that uh, curriculum with two other churches and they may or may not use it. We'll see. But it's just exciting to just be a part of kingdom growth. And, and we're just very mm. generous and open handed with everything because it's all been given to us. Right. It's not ours. It's yeah. Just, it's just, uh, yeah. Just for us to steward you know so yeah that's so good um, i'm not sure if i answered your question but i tried <laughs> no you did that was perfect you did a you did a great job <laughs> and that's so true the last thing that you said there um I, I think that that takes a lot of pressure off 
if if we let it, you know, if, if we have the right perspective that we're just stewarding God's things, we're, we're administrating mm-hmm. the things that he's placed in front of us, that he's placed into our hands right now. But like this ministry, the, the, like none of this belongs to us. Like it's not <laughs> it's not ours. It's it's all yeah. his, you know. And so I think that that helps uh, that that could help us, um, you know, stay balanced and not burn out and stuff like that. When we recognize yeah. that, yeah. you know, this is. Good. This is ultimately on you, God. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not spinning my wheels trying to build something because, like, I need that to be successful, or mm. I need that to be considered, Ooh. you know, good enough or worthy enough or whatever. I mean, I'm just telling you, man, some things that I've no, struggled with in my mind. Hitting, <laughs> you know, you're hitting, the, you're hitting the oil gusher now. You know, you're talking about trust yeah. structures. You know, where yeah. where do you find your what do you perceive brings you happiness and joy, you know? Mm. And, and a lot of times that's built on something that's not really sustainable or the Jesus way. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cultural norms out there that we've been discipled in for years that aren't accurate. You know, uh, what brings true yeah. joy and peace and, you know, ultimately, and the older you get, the more you realize this. It is, and I know it sounds trite. It's the Sunday school answer, but it's Jesus. It's yeah. Jesus. He's the only one that can bear the weight of of our trust and actually come through with the 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 real joy, the real hope that that the the human heart needs to to make it in this life. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was actually I was talking to uh, Fount Schultz recently. On, oh, on, he, was, he was a guest uh, last week, him. I think it was last Monday, maybe. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was on, and and uh, and that's that sort of came up what you just said. Yeah. And he was like, as a reminder, he's like, yeah, and not just Jesus in terms of theologically, but yeah. Jesus in terms of personal, you know, yes. personal yes. relationship and experience and you know, walking with him and, and really, and revelation, you know, deeper revelation mm-hmm. of who Jesus is. I love what, uh, wow. I think it's, I think it's first Peter one, it's either 13 or 15. Um, and it says, Re- um, think soberly and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. And I love, I love that statement because it's like, the, the more revelation we get of Jesus, mm-hmm. the more we're empowered to walk in and experience the grace that he's made available to us. Yeah. You know, it, it, it they go hand in hand. So yeah. like, we'll experience more grace, more freedom in our lives to the extent that Jesus is revealed to us. Yeah. Not just yeah. as far as like, oh, I know this about you or this is, you know, some theological perspective, which, mm-hmm. all, you know, those things, those things, those things have their place. But it's like. Who are you really? Yeah, you know, yeah. Who wow. are you? And and walking walking with him daily and walking with him experientially, and the result of that is that more of him is you know we're beholding him as as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we're transformed yeah. into wow. the same image and it's just yeah like you said it is the simple answer it really mm-hmm. is it's like with working out you know. Like mm-hmm. we can, or like wanted to lose weight and be healthy and all this stuff. Like th- there's all these like hacks, like mm-hmm. little hacks that we try to do. Like, oh, if you just do this, you just do that. The answer really is, you know, <laughs> be active, 
stop eating so much bad stuff. You know what right. I mean? Like, like those are the simple answers that we all really know when we get down to it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that we try to almost hack Christianity sometimes and hack our walk with the Lord. It's like, really what it is, is, you know, like, pick up this book, <laughs> pick up the Bible and not in just like a purely religious way, but yeah, yeah, connect okay. with him, talk with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, again, like that simple, I come back to this all the time. The simple thing that I learned in Sunday school and all the songs that we used to sing was just mm. trust and obey. Yeah, yeah. Trust and obey, trust and obey. And uh, he's so worthy of our trust. If, if we'll just, if we'll just yeah. walk with him, you know? Yeah, it reminds me of that passage. I think it goes something like, you know, the the, the people of Israel, they knew the acts of God, but Come Moses on. knew his ways, you know? Yeah. And I'm uh, just like, wow. Do you remember, I don't know if you were, did you have found Schultz as a professor? I didn't. So we we found out he, his last, he, so his last semester was spring 2004, yeah. and I got there fall 2004. So we just oh, missed Oh, he was amazing. <laughs> he would always start the class with like a hymn, you know, that he would, uh, or a psalm. I, I think it ended with, uh, and joy comes in the morning. I, I, mm. I don't know why I always remember that, but joy comes in the morning. He, he had a, you know, he had an understanding. And one of the things I loved about Elam is they, although they were, definitely a Pentecostal school, they also understood the um, the theology of suffering, you know, the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. And wow. I just think it's really important to walk in the balance of that, you know, uh, both the miraculous and the understanding that there is suffering to be embraced at times. Mm. So, anyway. Could you go, could you go into that a little bit, a little bit deeper? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it's not to focus on suffering necessarily, yeah. but, um, no, but just like, as far as like what that means and, and sure, how, sure. how that becomes practical in our lives. Sure. Sure. Well, <clears throat> I'll, I'll take you to a quick season in my life. This all happened in a six month period, started with the flooding of our basement in, in Kansas. And, uh, and that, that was to become the smallest of the problems. Uh, following that, um, I heard of, uh, my brother called me to let me know that, uh, my dad was passing and I was uh, mm. to admit to take a group of, uh, teenagers with some other adults on a mission trip to Navajo reservation the next day. But by God's grace, I found a, a young, uh, farmer who um, was willing to take my place. He, Harvest wasn't there yet, so he took my place on that mission trip. I flew to Rochester, and I got to spend time with my dad, and it was powerful. I had the privilege wow. of serving him communion. It was, as I said earlier, mm. we had a restored relationship. Uh, came back from that. This all happened in a six-month period, and uh, uh, our intern who um, was a sophomore in Bible college at the time, uh, who actually had lived with us the summer before, and he had married a a young lady that um, we had the privilege of helping uh, bring to the Lord, Uh, but six months into um, Bible school, and after he and I discussing that I would mentor him in taking over the youth ministry that we pioneered, uh, we received the phone call that he had uh, died of a pulmonary embolism uh, six oh, months man. six months into their marriage. Wow! It was devastating to his bride, devastating to us. We drove right out to Nebraska and just, um, you know, wept wept with her. Mm. 
So that was rough. Um, and then uh, yeah. all this happened in six months. Um, and uh, so I uh, got home from that, and uh, I, I was out. I, I like to cycle, bicycle. Uh, most mornings I'm out cycling. And I came back from my ride, and uh, Cindy was um, kind of like just stretched out on the stairs and crying. And I was like, oh, what's what's going on? Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, I got this mixed up a little bit. Just prior to losing the intern, when, when I found her like that on the steps, it was her finding out that our intern had passed away. Uh, mm. But just prior to that, our daughter, Natalie, had uh, her, her appendix had burst, and we didn't know it. We were in a small country area where the hospital didn't really understand what's going on she ended up having to be emergency ambulance to Kearney, nebraska where they did wow. emergency ended up doing emergency surgery we very nearly lost her actually that's wow. it's a long story yeah um and then how old was uh, she at the time she was only 11 or 12 she got down mm. to 79 pounds as i recall wow it was she didn't eat for three weeks. It was like super intense. And this is one of the most lively people you could imagine. He's doing great now, has a little little boy named Booker and wonderful husband. Uh, but anyway, um, that, that was just crazy, you know. And I know this sounds horrible, but even on the heels of that, uh, one of the young men that I've been ministering to and had prayed with him to receive Christ uh, committed suicide. And um, I mean, it was just like it was so much suffering, you know, and I was just yeah. was like, what on earth? And I remember calling Stacy Klein, an amazing man of God or the yeah. dean of students at Elon Bible. Institute. Yeah. I mean, so revered. I mean, it just, you know, and he, and amazing. I just called him and said, Stacy, you know, I got a town kind of relying on me right now. I'm, I'm in the midst of doing this funeral for this teenage boy. And um, I am a wreck, you know. And and can you help me? And uh, and he was a he was a tremendous help to me. In fact, he ended up writing a book called um, "Suffering on Suffering." Um, I think that's "Suffering Loss." That's the name of the book by mm. Stacy Klein. Fantastic book. I mean, they, he yeah. read like over a hundred books prior to writing that one himself. Mm. It's a very very good book. So that was helpful, and it actually led to the invitation we received from him to uh, come to Elam, and that's that's how we ended up coming to Elam, and how I became the dean, and you became one of my lead RAs. So, um, so so yeah, so there was there there was a suffering that was involved in that, and for me, for somebody to come along and just be like, you know, I'm going to pray for you now and all the suffering is going to go away. That just right. wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. had to, I had to walk through that. I had to endure that. Uh, my wife had to endure it. Others who were involved, the parents of the boy who, who committed suicide. Oh my gosh. Suffering. Mm. I've never seen anything like it in my Jeez. life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but you know what? It, um, my youth ministry professor at Elam, uh, Tony Matarana, amazing guy as well. I'll never forget what he said to me, uh, to our class one time, because he'd been through some tremendous suffering of his own. He said, he said, look, class, however he addressed us, 
I honestly don't trust anybody without a limp. <laughs> I was just like, what does that mean? You know, because yeah. at that point in my life, I don't think I'd really suffered a whole lot. You know, I, I, I was kind of like, uh, you know, happy go lucky person pretty much hadn't endured a ton of suffering up to that point in my life. And, uh, and yet, man, when he said that, uh, I'll never forget it. You know, so that, that suffering and, embracing it and grieving the things you need to grieve and really realizing that this is part of life on this side, you know, uh, we're, it's not going to be perfect and great until we get over to the other side with Jesus, you know? Yeah. So that's just our reality. There's going to yeah. be miracles along the way and I'm going to keep praying. Sure. For them. I, I, I pray sure. for people to get healed all the time. You know, I'm going to keep praying in faith, just like David did for Bathsheba's child, you know, but, um, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, all that suffering and, and other suffering that's been endured along the way, I'm sure for you too, is, is, has been very, very useful because the comfort from which, what First Corinthians says this, right? The comfort from which I've been comforted with, I now can comfort others, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So nothing's wasted. Nothing's yeah. wasted. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so thankful for men like Stacy you know, who mentored me in the way. And I've, I've not endured anything close to the suffering he has. I'll tell you that. But mm. uh, I appreciate men like that. They're real, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not pie in the sky Christians. Hmm. Well, something that I see in, in your life and in, in somebody like Stacy Klein is a softness and a sensitivity before the Lord. Um, when, when we go through suffering, I think that we have a couple of different options. We can allow it to harden us mm, or we yeah, can allow true. it to sensitize us more to the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. um, and I, I, I think that so often when we go through stuff, just, you know, talking in generalities here, but so often when we walk through stuff, that's tragic or perplexing or whatever, mm -hmm. One of my one of one of the books that impacted me, like as far as a book that that had an immediate and drastic impact on my thinking, uh, num the number one spot would be uh, Bob Sorge's book, Pain, Perplexity, and Promotion. Oh yeah, um, wow! It, I really recommend that book. Talk it, it about walks a guy through who spends suffering, right? Whoa. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it walks through the the light, the book of Job, mm -hmm. and uh, in a profound way that I had never looked at. You know, so many things I'd never looked at from that perspective before. But but anyway, I think that um, when we when things come into our lives, you know, I, I think that so often we have a tendency to, you know, we can blame God for it. We can get a hard heart over it. We can, you know, we can allow those things to happen or we can recognize like that God is not the source of those things. Right. First of all, but yeah. but recognize that, like you said, the verse, the, the fellowship of his sufferings, that that when I go through suffering, not that he's not that he's causing it or he's the author of it. Mm -hmm. But but when it happens, like you said, he doesn't waste anything. He's mm -hmm. so good at redeeming every situation. Mm -hmm. And I identify with Christ in that suffering because he suffered for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and he, yeah. he suffered in he suffered in my place. 
And so it's not him. It's not like this thing that, you know, so, uh, well, if, if God was so good, then this stuff wouldn't be happening. It's not what it's about at all. No, it's not. I, I get to, he, he identifies thing. with me. Yeah. He yep. identifies with me where I'm at right now. He identifies me, you know, in this pit of whatever, this despair, frustration, anxiety, whatever it is. He's, he's there with me. And if I can keep that perspective, then the, there's the growth that comes out of that. And like you said, the ability now to be able to identify with others in their suffering and to, you know, be just mm -hmm. be somebody that can help to point them to the source, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to the comforter um, and sort of be like in that relay position to, to take people by the hand and, and help them connect with the Holy spirit. But yeah, so often it's just, it's not like, let me pray and take all your problems away. Right, let me say right, a word here and take right, all your problems away. No, right. so often it's just being there with people. You know? Yeah, that's one of those trust structures that needs to be um, pushed out of the way because it's a deceptive trust structure. This sort of like uh, Jesus is there to make me healthy and wealthy. No, no, he's not. Mm. <laughs> he's there to save you. And, and, and salvation is so all-encompassing, you know. Uh, we'll get to the other side one day and it'll be glorious. I tell you, yeah. I cannot wait. There's so many people I can't wait to see again, you know, but uh, on this side, you know, the yeah. fact is uh, Adam and Eve sinned and it, and it pervade throughout the universe and is still purveying. And yet the kingdom's here at the same time. It's such a mystery, isn't it? I just, oh, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'll have, I have so many questions for the other side, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder when we get there, I wonder if we're still going to care. That's what I, that's what I always think about. Because right now we care so much about understanding yeah, things true. and wanting more. I wonder yeah. like when we get there, if it's, if we're even going to care still. Yeah, I wonder if we'll walk you know what I mean? it'll be kind of like. Yeah, you know what? Forget it. I'm I have good. a bunch of questions, Jesus. But right now, I just I'm need just to sit to here. here. Yeah, I just need good. to be Mary and just sit at your feet. You know? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's so good. I um, oh man, he's so good to us. He's so good to us. You know, in the midst of what we're going through, and I, I think that if. You know, I, I believe in I, I believe a lot in, um, you know, just empowering people to go after their dreams and purpose. You know, I, I believe that God's mm -hmm. interested in in us sort of uh, demonstrating his goodness to the world around us, even through things like, you know, being prosperous and being successful and, and things like that. I think that that's part of it. But, yeah, like like you said, if um, if I'm if I'm struggling in my life or things are not working out the way that they should, or I'm going through something that's completely has nothing to do with me, just a tragic thing happens or whatever. Mm -hmm. If that causes me to then, you know, walk away from the Lord or turn my back mm -hmm. on him or to whatever, to, to walk in, um, maybe not even, you know, not, not necessarily I'm saying completely turn my back on God, like leave the faith completely. But if it causes mm -hmm. me to lose faith, then it just tells me that my faith was misaligned in the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, and God help us to align ourselves properly. The mercies are new every morning. You know, I love that thought. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, I, I think, you know, I, I encourage people to like, 
God knows where you are. So if mm -hmm. you're if you're in one of those situations and you are mad at God or you are blaming God for something that mm -hmm. happened or whatever, like just be willing to talk to him about it. Sure, and he, he already knows it, it anyway. He can handle it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look and, at the uh, I think we all go through that, Lord. right? I mean, I think we all do sure. that. We all have those questions like, why, why, Lord? And like David throughout the Psalms, how long? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, how long, Lord? How long is this going to happen? And having those questions, right? Like, like, why do I see the the wicked prospering and the right? Like, why do mm -hmm. I see these things happening? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I think, having those questions. But I think as long no. as we allow it to over time, like, lead us into that place where we're constantly coming back to him and allowing it to sensitize us more to him by mm -hmm. recognizing that he's always good, that he's always faithful, that he's always what we need and not allowing it to, you know, create those calluses on our heart that mm -hmm. ultimately cause us to walk in, you know, disbelief or unbelief for, um, you know, who he is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. I, yeah. Man. Well, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's been, you know, really Some good of those things. It's just, uh, I, I know it's heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was mentioning to you earlier that, um, I, you know, uh, my wife's, um, the reason why we're here at worship center is because of, uh, the, the, uh, coaching culture that she has built in to uh, curriculum and all of that. And uh, that's why we're here at worship center because she was training a, a bunch of young adult leaders in a new ministry that Bryce Taylor had started here called the living room, which attracts about four to 500 young adults here every Tuesday night. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's a, I mean, Bryce pioneered a fantastic ministry, right? Um, but uh, she was helping train uh, his leaders in the coaching culture and uh, started bridges coaching a number of years ago but uh it, you know at first i kind of just sort of fought it a little bit i really didn't want to I, I i am a traditionalist who doesn't really uh -huh. I, like hey if it works good now let's keep it going but um but things really weren't working great for me i was taking on more and more water so to speak in terms of um probably caring for people more than they were even caring for themselves in a sense. I was taking more mm -hmm. ownership for their discipleship than, uh, than I certainly should have been. Um, I actually was believing a lie for a long time, uh, Duke, and the lie was um, I'm responsible for how people respond to my ministry. You know, so you can imagine when this young man committed suicide, Oh man, I was taking water on my boat like crazy, you know, sure. just yeah. crazy. So I had to replace that lie with, um, you know, simply I am, I am a faith, I am a faithful son of God. And my responsibility is to be faithful to him and what he's asked me mm. to do. But responses are all up to others. And so then the coaching paradigm that my wife uh, taught and wrote curriculum for, and has videos for and all that uh, really helped me to understand that um, the the weight of a person's life and their discipleship process is really their ownership. It's not mine. So the best thing mm -hmm. I can do as a discipler is uh, is to be observant of what the Holy Spirit's doing in another person's life by listening. Uh, Josh Finley uh, said once, uh, I really liked the, his thought. It was very simple. He just said, 
listening is loving. To to listen to a person is to love mm-hmm. a person. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so, you know, listening to people and then asking powerful questions and, um, and really, uh, uh, I think just, um, uh, learning not to infantize people. And what I mean by mm-hmm. infantize is, is like being in that mode where you're telling people what to do. Well, you ought to read Psalm 91. Now, if you're not feeling safe, you should read Psalm 91, you know? nobody wants to hear that kind of thing. You you just feel like you're being chided or shamed into reading scripture or whatever, Mm. you know, uh, but if you're really listening to the person and, and, and you're asking powerful questions, it it leads into a much more transformative type of a conversation. Right. And, and of course the coaching paradigm then, you know, does also lead to like, building smart goals and things like that. But ultimately the person's responsible for their action steps. It's on them, you know? And so, uh, so just been learning over the years to, uh, to really relax more and, and, and just enjoy, uh, the, the privilege I have of, of, um, of, uh, discipling others. But, but at the end of the day, I'm going home and, and I'm loving my wife and, and, and loving my kids and, and enjoying life. You know, I used to even have like a, a um, in my mind, an imaginary garbage can that, that sat right next to my front doors. I came in the house okay. <laughs> and I would just sort of like do a mind dump. I'm like, okay, the day is done. And now I'm entering into my home to be with my family and they, they get get the best part of me because I'm not going to be one of those pastors who has orphan children. You know, that's just not going to happen. Wow. Wow. Come on. I I was just, I was talking to Joe Courtney recently too. And he said that Joe Courtney, man, (laughs) I love that guy. It's all, it's all, it's all full circle. Let let me tell you, that's been the best thing. The the greatest joy me like doing this podcast has Mm -hmm. been, reconnecting with so many people a lot of elam people and then i've had a chance to connect with some new people that are you know new friends now yeah, new people yeah. that i Beautiful. just you know reached out to or or whatever uh you know i i i've uh, got a lot of connection with people on like linkedin and mm-hmm. and different social media platforms where um yeah i'll just see people that are doing stuff i think is interesting and i'll reach out but one of the greatest things has just been reconnecting with people from Elam days that I've just been, you know, disconnected from because I lived in Mexico and then I've been way down here and it's just been, uh, it's been crazy. But yeah, so I reconnected with Joe and uh, he told me that like the, the trash can thing um, Mm -hmm. was, was very in in line with something that his father used to do. Oh, so his father, his name was also Joe and he used to get home from a hard day of work or whatever. And he'd get home and he would basically like put his key. I think is, I think this is how he described it. He'd put his key in the door. But before he would turn the doorknob, he would just say to himself, you're not done yet, Joe. Mm, like your, your day's not done yet. You wow, know, and that. just that simple reminder and then go inside yeah. and recognize that, you know, as hard as my day's been, as much stuff as I'm carrying, you know, the weight of, mm-hmm. of the world so often on our shoulders, but walking in and recognizing like I've got a wife and I've got children yeah. um, and wow. they need me, you know, they, they need my, they need my attention too. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not, they don't, they don't know what I just went through all day exactly. and they don't know. <laughs> That's right. And they, you know what I mean? And to them, it's, uh, they have their, you know, they have needs too. And, and so, yeah, that's just, that's such a good, uh, such a good point, such a good sort of mind, little mnemonic there of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like letting those things that really do weigh down on us. I think that a lot of, you know, people that, that are maybe, um, 
not in ministry that have never been in full-time ministry don't don't understand you know i mean how could they understand some of the the weightiness of what we you know sure. as pastors have to often walk through with people mm -hmm. and stuff like that and uh but yeah just that's really that's really good that's really key being able to allow those things to not internalize everything you know sure sure so that we can still be present for the the things that the other things part of our lives that matter yeah jesus was really clear you know that, that uh you know that the the uh to to put on his uh yoke is is literally easy you know and in early yeah. days i used to think that the yoke was actually a two yoked thing you know or i mean a single yoke thing and jesus was kind of in the back whipping me into shape like come on boy work a little harder you know yeah. and it's like and i had to get set free from that performance mindset and then i remember walking into a barn one day in kansas and seeing the double yoke and i thought oh wow i thought it was a single yoke you know and the truth of the matter is it's a double yoke because i'm in the yoke but jesus is in the other yoke and he's the master oxen so to speak mm. and i'm to pace my life with him i'm not to get ahead of him i'm not to drag behind him i'm just simply to pace with him he's my example he's you know i'm i'm in his apprenticeship program right <laughs> so. yeah absolutely um well Eric, before we run yeah. out of time completely here, mm -hmm. I want to let's just talk a little bit. We you, we started going into the coaching thing a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, yeah. I want to if you could just tell us a little bit about about bridges. Anybody that's listening that maybe okay. um, wants to know more about this. I, sure. I mean, I want to know more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, yeah, yeah bridges, bridges coaching. Um, it's a, it's a number of uh, the, the coaching culture class. You can read all about it on the website. I think I yeah sent it to you. Yeah, so it's a very good, uh, well done website actually. Uh, my wife has got a number of facilitators now um, uh, all over the country. Uh, Michelle Pavisars in California, uh, April Lonneville in Warsaw, uh, New York, Sarah Fulton in uh, Lima, New York, I believe, and. There's probably more that I don't know about, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, but anyway, it's just it's really good. Uh, April oversees now the Destiny by Design one. That's for people who are in transition and making decisions about their future, and mm. and the coaching culture cool. is basically about um, how to have more productive and powerful conversations with people because um, people uh, that. The, the, the most important thing, I think, for a person, especially a follower of Christ, is to understand who they are, what, who they've been made to be, their, their distinctive personality, and, uh, and, how, and where, they, where they fit, you know, on the rowing team, so to speak. You know, where do they fit in the kingdom of God? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so um, coaching, I think, gives a person that you're coaching a sense of dignity a sense of agency, a, a, a deeply, a deep sense that they're being listened to. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that's really, really important because again, that, that conversation is three way. It's, it's, it's the, it's the coach, the coachy, and it's the Holy spirit. And this is, is certainly a, a, um, 
a Christ-centered coaching paradigm, and it's built on kingdom ethics, and the, and the word of God is, you know, spread throughout all the curriculum. So it's it's very good. It's all uh, it's it's on video, uh, and there. And I think recently she just published a book called Traction. Yeah, it's called Traction, and that's that's a per, that's a you could actually purchase that on Amazon, I believe. And, um, and, and, and actually self coach yourself by going through that workbook, uh, sort of, uh, written in the, um, in the venue of like, if anybody remembers Henry Blackaby's experiencing God, it's sort of like that, uh, a little bit like that venue, but, but honestly, I think the best, the best coaching, um, the, to get the most out of coaching is actually to take the course with the facilitator. Uh, where you actually get to practice coaching, you're you're observed in some coaching. You bring a volunteer in that you coach, and uh, and you're critiqued in your coaching. And if you yeah. actually keep going with it to a next level, my wife's hired a, a professional coaching a Christian assessor, a guy out of Denver, and he's um he's he's pretty brutal, <laughs> but he's awesome. You know, I mean, he's, he's really helped uh, my wife's facilitators to reach whole new levels of coaching. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to grow, uh, you know, if you're a pastor or a overseer of some sort where you have a lot of direct reports and stuff, it's, um, it's, it's, it's fantastic training. I, I took all of her courses and got certified myself and, uh, I wouldn't say I'm, it's sort of like chess, you know, you learn it in a day, but it takes a lifetime to really yeah. understand it. You know, it's, yeah. so it's, it's one of those kind of practices. So mm. I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it really just seems like the whole coaching, you called it, you know, coaching culture the co mm -hmm. or the coaching paradigm, how it seems like it kind of like, as you would walk through that and, and learn the different steps toward, you know, leading people and, having good conversations with people, productive transformational conversations with people, like how that would just sort of automatically begin to be infused into your everyday life, into mm -hmm. your in interactions with people. Do you yeah. see that happening? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just, it's still that idea of, um, you know, am I present in this conversation? Am I actually listening, you know, and watching body language and all of that, you know, to, to really attune myself to, uh, the person that I'm with. Yeah. So it, it definitely, yeah. uh, helps a lot for sure. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like the kind of thing that anybody could benefit from. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely people who have any kind of a leadership position, but anybody, because I mean, how much more growth would we have in our lives if we just learned how to listen? Yeah. Like, if, like yeah. it's listening's hard. I don't know about you, but, <laughs> but listening, some people are naturally, I think, good listeners, but, yeah. um, listening is something that I have to work at. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I realized I realized that I would just miss things in conversation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you don't have to be uh, you, you, you'd almost have to be living under a rock not to see how hard it is for people to listen, especially uh, lately, you know, in the political atmosphere that we've had and for sure everybody polarizing to the right or to the left. And it's just sad. You know, there, there used to be. Well, uh, I don't want to sound too traditional now, but I feel like there was more of a conversation in days past, you know, yeah. where, and there was more of a collaboration, but now it's like everybody's so separated. It's like, man, how are we going to yeah. get some things done? You know, but, but God, uh, God's using that too. Cause that's another trust structure that needs to be got out of the way because 
politics aren't going to save us. You know, uh, the United States, I'm grateful to be an American. Absolutely. I love the freedom I have. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I got to remember that. We got to remember that, you know. And, And so it's those values that really help people at the end of the day, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I, I'm with you 100. percent I think there, there's definitely such such a mentality of just like us versus them mm-hmm. these days. And like, if you're not with me, you're against me. And yeah. you know, if we could, I, I've I've been preaching this throughout the the pandemic and throughout uh-huh. the uh, yeah. the election cycle and all of that. Like, good for you. We could just, if we could learn how to have conversations, like just it's okay. Like if you disagree, if someone disagrees with you. They don't doesn't have to turn into a fight. It doesn't have to turn into sure. an attack. You know, sure. we can we can have disagreements. We could work through some things, and maybe I see things that I didn't see before, and you see things that you didn't see before. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think we approach. You know, we just approach conversations. We approach people with preconceived ideas, with our own culture, with these other voices inside our head, with walls that are already built up, with you know, certain maybe prejudices, maybe you know, different yeah. things that we don't even realize that they're there. And they really govern the way that we're able to hear and really listen and perceive what somebody is saying. Exactly. And so we're in that like limbic place where we're just moving out of emotion, fight and flight, you know, and, and, uh, and, and we're not listening to each other because when you're in that, that mode, you're, you're just not rational, you know, and yeah. it's like, just stop yourself, listen and realize that there's probably more common ground, you know, vaccinated or not vaccinated. Well, right. You know, it's probably a big one. <laughs> it is, it's a big one, but probably both people are interested in safety. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's true. the common ground, but are they actually going to find that common ground? Probably not because they're probably yelling not. at each other, you know? So yeah. it's just uh, sad. <laughs> yeah. So, well, hey, so uh, I do want to just confirm that the book Traction by Cindy Scott oh, is available mm-hmm. on Amazon. Oh, um, nice. Looked, looked it up. So look at you. Yeah. Double Check that out. Yeah. You are like multi-purposing <laughs> over there. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, I am a professional. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Duke, I but, love you, man. I, thanks so much for having me. I've I, I really, uh, it's really been, I've really been enjoying this reconnection. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate you coming on and really appreciate your time. It'd be awesome to do it again um, at some point. And, sure. uh, but for real, just awesome to re- to reconnect with you and hopefully maybe, uh, I don't know, one of these days we could find our way up there and get to see you guys again or, you know, something yeah. like that. But get on, a, get on a mountain somewhere and ski down yeah, a hill. It's so you flat snowboard. where I live. You, you can snowboard now. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Houston. You're you're not gonna find any skiing there. It's about as no, as a pancake. No, so no, and like where I've been for the past ten years, it's just been it's been crazy. I haven't been able to do any. So I finally I went to my family. We went to visit um, my mom. She moved out. She's not there anymore, but she was living mm-hmm. in Reno, oh nice. Nevada. And so we went out there uh, just a couple days after Christmas. We went for about a week and I got to do some snowboarding at oh, Lake nice. Tahoe. Nice. And uh, so it was my first time on a board in like more than a decade. Wow. And wow. it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I, you were really good. So beautiful. I remember. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, All right. I, uh, 
Uh, well, I don't know, but I did, I did get back up there and I had a great day, man. I didn't, uh, I wasn't wiping out. I thought it yeah, was going to be yeah. difficult. I thought I was going to be, I mean, I was a little bit sore cause you use different muscle groups than, mm-hmm. than you normally use, but it wasn't that bad. Like yeah. it really wasn't that bad. It was a, it was a great day and, uh, oh. yeah, I need to figure out it's something that I really love. So I need to figure out how to, how, how to do it. Do you still, there, yeah. do you still get out there and ski? Um, my kids got me into uh, skate skiing. It's called skate skiing. Um, awesome, yeah. Uh, up in uh, Rochester, but unfortunately, the snow does not stick here in Lancaster, so I'm pretty much cycling. I, I did get five days of cross country skiing and skate skiing, and uh, when we had a nice, uh, nice frost here and some snow, but um, it doesn't last long. So I miss, I miss Rochester uh, for that reason and a lot more to sometimes i gotcha i gotcha i gotcha um well good my friend again thank you so much for being here really appreciate you anybody listening make sure you check out bridgescoaching.net if you're interested in connecting further or finding out more about these resources um, that i really really truly believe could have a major and profound impact on your life so all right thanks again man i'll talk to you soon okay god bless you dude yeah you too All right, this episode's over, but thank you again for being here. Don't forget to check out some of those resources that were mentioned in the podcast. And if you are interested in catching up on past episodes or future episodes, you can visit redcircle.com slash shows slash real live talk. This podcast is also available on all the major podcast platforms. If you'd also like to be notified of future live episodes. We go live every Monday and Thursday on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Probably the best way would be to follow my Facebook page at DK Lamastra. That way you'll get automatic notifications every time we do live events in the future. Hope you have an awesome day. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Thanks.